is Oscar Mike Radio, episode 96. Oscar Mike Radio is on the Hoobazoo Network. Episode 96. Wow. Uh, which kind of is kind of funny. I'm going to do the question of the week, and it was asked, well, what is a 96? Because when I was in and other guys would say, hey, I'm on a 72 or a 96, and people were like, what's, what's that? What's that mean? What's that going on? And, and extremely simply, in the simplest terms, a 96 is four days off. Well, for those of us in the military, we know we never really true, truly were off. We just weren't on, on duty. We were on liberty. So it was a, a four-day pass. And the funny thing is, even though you were kind of on your own for that period of time, there were still rules that governed what you could and could not do. You you couldn't go from California to Boston on an 96 without prior approval. It just didn't happen. You weren't supposed to do that because, of course, if you had to muster up, you would have trouble getting back to your unit in time. In fact, your sergeant or uh, CO might make you take liberty just to make sure that you're not uh, bound by that directive. Also, um, if you had duty in the barracks during that 96, you were expected to be in your appropriate uniform of the day and stand duty. And some guys made a, a pretty penny by taking duty shifts for other guys. Well, think about it. If you didn't have a girlfriend, you didn't have a wife, you didn't have a car, you didn't have much money, and you know, a duty shift is eight hours and you're not doing anything, you're not really going anywhere, why not, you know, take that 100 bucks you're going to get from two of the guys, make yourself a quick 200 bucks, and just sit there and, you know, look good for the first sergeant when he shows up and uh, make sure the logbook is filled out. It's not a bad way to go. Not a bad way at all. And uh, a lot of people did that. A 96 for me was an excuse to take my motorcycle and find somewhere new to ride. Being that I was in Arizona, that was not a problem. There was all kinds of cool things to see if you knew where to look. And this was all pre-internet, so I had to ask people, get out maps, uh, do all kinds of crazy stuff to figure out you know, where to go. But it was a blast. So uh, a 72 is three days off. That's generally the most common one. Uh, if, if, a, if a holiday is on like a Tuesday, they might do a 96 because people are leaving. And it just makes sense, especially if we're in peacetime. But uh, 96s aren't that common. But they, when they are, it is cool. And if you're a E4, E5, or below, you can get really efficient with how you spend every minute of that time. You don't want to be drunk the entire 96. What's the point of that? Although some guys like that. But you definitely want to make sure that you are doing everything you can to get where you want to go and have the most fun for the least amount of money. You know, that that's how it was. Uh, you still had to obey orders. You still had to act like a Marine. Did not want to be on the list of people the first sergeant was going to call that uh first day back in uh, the fleet that was never a good thing never was on that list thank god those are not fun conversations from my understanding but 
some Marines just didn't 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 pay attention. So that is the question of the week. And thank you for listening to this episode of Oscar Mike Radio, episode ninety six. So I, I was kind of like um, gonna do one thing, gonna do another thing, and finally I settled on this thing, and I felt it was appropriate because of the subject matter and and the fact that it does happen. And this is a very interesting story. Uh, I I found this one on msn.com. I believe it's on um, the Washington Post as well. Actually, this does come from the Washington Post. And it's by uh, Megan Flynn, uh, posted on uh, June 4th, 2018. And the title of the article reads, He went AWOL after being sexually assaulted. After 30 years, the Navy finally believed him. I have a link to this article in the Oscar Mike Radio blog post that for episode 96, but that should grab your attention. I believe the military has gotten better some people may disagree with me about addressing uh, sexual assaults. If you as a male are going to assault a female and she reports it, there's the checks and balances in place to make sure that that is followed up on and adjudicated properly. There has, it has to be scrutinized, of course, but I, I'd like to think that the, the days of a woman uh, bringing a, a complaint of sexual assault to her superior officers and superior staff and COs and it being ignored is a thing of the past. The unique thing about this story is this is a man. The article starts out by saying that Heath Phillips, in 1988, he was 17 years old and had just joined the Navy, which kind of hits home because one of my children is going to turn 17, the other one is going to turn 18. So, you know, a 17, 18-year-old kid, male or female, probably doesn't have all the tools to deal with something like this. And he was on a ship, and alleges that there were six people who sexually assaulted him. But the thing was, no one believed him. Which which, which strikes me as odd. This is, this is like the third time now where, I, I don't know about the other services, where I've come across a story where a sailor makes a complaint or requests mass to the senior officer on the ship, and it's either not taken seriously or or outright ignored. And it's really egregious because he filed a complaint for 49 straight days, according to the article. And all this time, while he's filing these complaints every day, he's still being sexually assaulted and harassed. Now, I don't know how it was in 1988, but when I was in, if you filed a complaint, that started a domino effect of events that would raise awareness. Your first sergeant, 
had to, this is the Marine Corps, your first sergeant would be notified, your CO, your, generally a first or second lieutenant would be notified, your commanding officer of your platoon or battery would be notified, that's a captain, and then it would go up to the sergeant major or, you know, company gunny and the, the battalion sergeant major, battalion CO and XO especially if you requested mass and want to go straight to the top you had to be seen by the HMIC and, and you know that's the head mofo in charge for those of you who don't know so what I'm trying to say is I mean he did this 49 straight times almost two months and nothing happened the article goes on to say that he tried to commit suicide once and he went AWOL, that's absent without leave, multiple times. Then in 1989, this is about a year later, he was discharged as other than honorable because of his unauthorized absences, which dishonorable is a kiss of death. It's, it's a very, very hard to get that overturned or adjusted. Uh, and, and in my view and experience, typically people who get a dishonorable discharge had it coming to them. Other than honorable is the military's way of saying you were a shitbird. Excuse the expression. But, you know, it's just easier for us to kick you out than to deal with the administrative paperwork. And this man, Mr. Heath Phillips, carried this around for years. And because of his discharge status you're automatically denied access to health services and other kinds of services from the VA. And they refused to change his status to honorable. And this went on for 30 years. And I guess, according to the article, he had done this three other times in his life. And they got turned down. They wouldn't even discuss the aspect that he might be correct that he got sexually assaulted. They didn't care about why he went AWOL. They, they put the onus on him because it was his action. So this was a complete surprise to him that the board of the fourth time approved this. And I'm sure, you know, this has happened, you know, a couple, you know, a day or two ago that he's still in some kind of, you know, headspace where he's just trying to process all this. And in the article, it goes into the board's letter, and I'm going to read it, quote, The board found the petitioner's contention of military sexual trauma to be valid and noted that the petitioner's periods of unauthorized absences after reporting to the USS Butte were mitigated by the abuse, harassment, and assault he suffered, close quote. To me, this is a, a very big step for um, anybody in the military who uh, complains of sexual assault, male or female. I know there's a lot of people out there who would believe that uh, males in the military do not have to deal with some of the problems females do. That is not true. In, in fact, in some ways it's worse because any, any guy, any man who gets sexually assaulted or harassed the last thing he wants to do is admit that there's a problem and possibly have to own this in front of his squad mates. 
even in today's age where, you know, people are pretty accepting of different kinds of, you know, lifestyle choices or, you know, uh, the fact that they're born a certain way and it's cool, no problem. Still, in, in certain circles, that's still a problem. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that, you know, it happens sometimes. So for a guy to admit that there's a problem is a huge uh, red flag. Also, the aspect that he's snitching on one of his own can also be a problem. What I'm trying to say is it's not just easy to sit there and, and go uh, tattle on somebody. But this guy did because he was being you know traumatized by this. And for 49 straight days, Navy did something. And for 30 years after he was kicked out, they refused to acknowledge that there may be a problem. So, uh, again, like other episodes I've done in this podcast, there's this aspect where, and I'm sure the Army and the Air Force and the Marine Corps have their rogues gallery of situations that weren't handled properly by uh, staff and COs and uh, command. But I, I, this is like the third time in the last year where the, the Navy just really turned a blind eye to this kind of behavior in different theaters, different ships, different situations, and it had devastating consequences for the people involved. People don't understand like I said earlier, you know, the reason you don't want to talk about this is for a lot of people, it's it's a career ender. The minute you raise a specter that you've had to deal with this, you're toxic. If you're female, very few men want you in their command because they don't want to have to deal with the possibility that they might get reported on for something real or imagined. If you're a male, it's this whole macho trust thing, snitch thing where, you know, if he snitched on this guy for this, you know, what else is going on? Maybe he's outright lying. It's not a good place to be. And the thing is, uh, I think we have like a million, uh, million and a half active duty service members at any given time. That's, that's everybody, Army, Navy, Air, Air Force, Marine Corps, active duty, maybe reserve. I think the last thing I heard was a million five. And in 2017, according to the article, 6,700 uh, service members filed complaints of sexual assaults. There's indications that that number may be higher but not reported. And only... Under 300 of them resulted in any kind of conviction. I mean, that's just amazing. I, I, I mean, maybe it was just a guy who got upset at his sergeant. Maybe it was a female who didn't like the way her staff and CO made her PT. I don't know, but I, I find it odd to believe that out of that many people, um, I mean, that's... That's like 4% out of the total number of, of claims that were filed, or complaints that were filed, excuse me, were actually considered valid to the point of discipline. I, I find that difficult to believe. And what that did to him this year, uh, during this time is, you know, he fell into alcoholism. 
became a father and, and couldn't deal with being a father. He had nightmares of being sodomized with a shampoo bottle or toilet brush handle, according to the article. Isn't I mean, that's just great, right? I mean, really? And he couldn't get help from the VA this entire time because he wasn't honorably discharged. And because of the trauma of all this, he couldn't hold down a job, so he couldn't really get uh, the right health insurance to deal with this either. It was really a catch-22 hamster wheel of pain situation that was terrible. So he did what a lot of people did, and he turned to alcohol to deaden the pain. And the article goes on to say that, um, you know, he thought he was the only victim. He thought he was the only one. And he started connecting with other people who had the same problem, men and women, and really started turning this into a way to advocate for those who do file sexual assault complaints. Uh, he worked with lawmakers uh, to, to, to make change and really wanted people to have the ability to uh, get the not only legal support they needed, but also the mental health and, and, and physiological help needed to, to cope with this once this happens to them. So now he is going to get his VA benefits. That's a silver lining. Um, he is now travels around different military bases to all branches and tells his story over and over in the hopes that someone won't go through what he went through and that they'll be treated with the dignity and respect that he did not get. So... You know, why am I talking about this now and, and, and why am I not talking about women who go through the same thing? Look, I'm not going to say that women don't go through this. I mean, it's very clear that women go through this. But there's a, there's a notion that men don't have to ever experience what women go through. I've, I've had women tell me that. Men don't understand what we go through. Well, no, men do understand what you go through. You just don't hear about it. It's not really talked about. And it only comes up when some guy says, you know what, there's no hope. And, and, and as Jim Tuff says, uh, you know, he stares into that abyss and says, you know what, uh, I'm just going to take that step into the abyss and I'm, I'm good with that. But I, I, I'm also doing this podcast for those parents and family members who have uh, sons, brothers, nephews, in the military, hey, you know, you know, you can listen to them. They call you on the phone, read their letters and emails, and if something doesn't add up, you know, try to dig a little deeper. And, and if that person opens up to you and talks to you about this, that's an opportunity for you as as a parent, as as a family member or friend, to tell them that they're not. Uh, responsible, that they're not damaged, and that they can get help. And I'll have some links to some places where you can get help for this uh, in in the blog post. There are all kinds of resources now to make sure this doesn't happen again. 
I mean, he dealt with this for 30 years. There, and of course, yes, there are women who deal with this just for the same amount of time, if not longer. What I don't know, in the interest of fairness, though, I don't know if anybody, though, who has submitted a complaint 49 times in a row. So just like with uh, the kid who hit out on the uh, John Paul Jones and was covered in peanut butter when they found him, I really have to put this one on the captain of the ship. In both instances, the captains of these ships, the USS Butte and USS John Paul Jones, could have taken immediate action to confront this and police his crew. And that didn't happen. And the reason it makes me mad, the reason it really irritates me to no end, is you wearing that you know, insignia on your collar that states that you know you are you have the rank and you carry that title means that no matter how hard or, or how difficult it is, you have responsibility to take care of your men and women and, and by extension the crew that serve underneath of you. And, and, and this was a failure, plain and simple. And you'll never hear if anything ever happened to the captain who was in command during this time. He's probably retired by now. Golfing every day, having himself a good time at the uh, local O Club. No problem with him, no skin off his back. But there was a failure there in leadership. Across the board. And it's not right. You officers have responsibility to your crew. And when some kid at 17 decides he's going to file 49 complaints in a row every day to try to get help, and then you only get involved when he goes AWOL, well, that doesn't say a whole lot for how you run your house. I'm not going to make any excuses. I'm not going to apologize for it. You suck at your job. You haven't empowered your staff and CEOs or NCOs to take care of the issue or the lines of communication are open to you, somewhere you have failed. And, and, and yes, I got out as a Lance Corporal. I have no idea how the, the, the ship structure works. I was not stationed on a ship. But, you know, if I, in, in my little Hawk battery, complained to my lieutenant and my CEO 49 days in a row, or I decided to request mass and go to my CEO 49 straight days and nothing happened, I would still call that a failure of leadership. The people in charge did not hold up their end of the bargain. And the reason I'm kind of going off on this for a couple minutes is because these people, these individuals, listeners, can send your son and daughter to their death if it means that the mission is going to get done or they have to save their ship or if they have to, you know, do what they have to do. Make no mistake, your son or daughter serving is an expendable asset. That's what we sign up for. So the least, the least that can be done is when something like this happens, 
and you wear those captain's bars and you're the CO of a ship, you're the captain, and you have your XO, the least you can do is take this seriously and not treat a 17-year-old kid's complaint as just malingering or just noise that interrupts your day. I would almost it would almost be worth my time and I'm and I might do it to find out who the commanding officer of the ship was and see what happened. I'd like to know. Male or female, that's wrong. So while this is a terrible story uh, in, in terms of, of what happened to uh, Mr. Phillips, in terms of how his life turned out and how alcoholism impacted his life and what he had to go through to, to get his discharge upgraded, the, the only silver line I can see is he's raising awareness about what happened to him and telling people they don't have to suffer alone. And again, that's what I'm going to tell listeners, especially people who have family members in the military, that if they hear about something like this or something like this happens, stick a paw in the air and ask for some help. There are, are resources out there. And again, I will put some of those in the blog post. The first thing you can do is contact your local senator, congressman, and start there. That's the last thing they want to hear is one of their constituents' children is going through this. And, you know, if, if that child can provide you, you know, copies of emails or, you know, memos to command and nothing's been done, you best believe they'll be all over this. So, I, I, I don't know Mr. Phillips. I don't know you, Heath. I never met you. I appreciate your bravery. I'm sorry you had to go through this. I think your command let you down. I can't imagine the, the turmoil this put your life through. And no one, male or female, should ever have to go through this and ever feel like they don't have a, a, a place to turn to for help. And, and again, you know, sexual assault, sexual harassment it is, is not a joke. It's not funny. And I just hope that one day we're not talking about stuff like this. I don't think that's going to happen for a while, if ever. But what can happen is if somebody in your command raises an issue, I hope that we don't read about this happening in another 30 years and, and that this is you know nipped in the bud right away and dealt with. So... That's kind of what I want to talk about tonight. I, I felt it, you know, it was current. I felt it was relevant. Uh, I really admire uh, Heath Phillips' bravery and his persistence. It's never easy dealing with the government with something like this. And I just felt like I'm going to learn a lot about this. And if you have an issue that you know about and you want somebody to talk to, shoot me an email, travisoscarmicradio.com. Uh, counting down to 100 and, and these are only getting better and thank you so much for listening Omar is out